0: The volume. Oral sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. FanDuel is the best; they're America's number one sportsbook. It's so easy to use, safe and secure. What more do you need to hear here? The fast payouts too, as quick as two hours. What a turnaround! And there's so many different bet types as well as same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures. There's risk-free bets and the same game parlay bets, enhanced odds markets. There's so much more. It's fantastic. It will not let you down. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 533-42 in Arizona. 1 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9889 in Tennessee or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Sessions, another episode in the books coming your way straight to your ear holes. Gosh, I can't believe that we have the year of this show already under our belts. I mean, more than that now. Damn, we're just cranking them out. Um, I've got some really cool interviews set up for the next couple weeks. This one obviously included amongst these top names. Mercedes Martinez is my guest on this episode of Oral Sessions. She has been there and done it all. I mean, just celebrated 20 years in the world of professional wrestling. Some could say hitting that stride yet again. We get into, you know, a whole plethora of topics from obviously her time in WWE, her, uh, getting back in the world of uh, independent wrestling, the caps and the limits that end up being put on women in pro wrestling, in sports, in television, maybe just in general. I don't know. It's crazy out there. She was so open and honest about everything in this interview, so I really appreciated getting to take this time. Um, I always loved being able to see Mercedes anytime we got to cross paths during our time in WWE from being able to call some of her matches uh, in the Mae Young Classic. To being able to see her up on the road uh, with uh, Raw and SmackDown for my time when I was still in WWE. So it was awesome to be able to see her again through Zoom. Check in with her. See how it's all going. And and get into all these different topics in pro wrestling. I would also just like to put this out here to all of you lovely listeners. If you have a good recipe for Coquito, please send it to me. I would like to make Coquito. All right, let's get into this. Here we go. And a one and a two. It's Mercedes Martinez, baby. So Mercedes, we're both dealing with the same chaos of dealing with moving and boxes and relocating and all of that. How are you doing?
1: I am doing great considering all the factors that I rolled in the last two weeks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. It's moving is one of those things. I mean, when we were like moving out to Cincinnati, it's was like, oh, this will be great. I've not moved in a long time. I forgot what a kick in the dick it is. Yes,
1: it's a pain in the ass. Literally, it was, uh, I had about two days to move and then I had to be on the road for four days. And it was on Thanksgiving out of all days.
0: Oh my God. We were actually initially supposed to move on Thanksgiving too and then uh, ended up having to like bump that up a couple weeks. So I was at least spared the Thanksgiving week, but it's nuts. Okay, so you're outside Orlando. It's funny because when uh, I mean, when I was working for WWE, of course, most wrestlers live in Florida. Uh, that is the spot to be. It's the hub. And we were living out in Las Vegas because we were sort of of the same mindset of like, oh, I don't want to like, see everybody all the time. It's a lot. Do you run into people where you are now?
1: No, I do not. Uh, Which is the best thing ever. Uh, I'm very private and very just mind my my own business type of a person. So before I actually moved to Orlando, um, I was out living in like Clearwater area because I like to be away from everybody. I like to have my privacy. I like to separate my wrestling from my personal life. So any way I can do that, even relocation is the best thing I can do for my life, for my own personal and mental stability, literally.
0: You need like that sanity. It's funny. So when I uh, I used to live in New York and I used to be on the same flight all the time as like all of the writers from WWE, like from, you know, everyone coming in from Stanford, flying out of LaGuardia or JFK or whatever. And yeah, you end up getting screwed on your seats as well because everybody else has the same status you have. So you end up getting bunked and you'll get that first class seat. Sucks. Hey, I don't. I'm just happy to be on a plane. Uh,
1: I I I can care less about first class. Whatever you want to pay to get me on a plane, I'm good. good. (laughs) You know what?
0: I used to feel that way until I started having like panic attacks on planes, and I was like, um, I don't like being in the back anymore. And I felt so bougie about that because I don't care about that shit either. What freaks me out being on a plane is when everybody all stands up at once to get off the plane and you're stuck sitting there. I'm like, everyone get out of my way.
1: <laughs> no, I sit on the aisle seat for that reason. So even if the next people that sit next to me, they stand up, I'm not standing up. I just put my feet in the aisle and I just stay seated. I'm like, you, you can't go. You're not going to go nowhere. Why even stand up? You're not going to go nowhere. Just sit your ass down and relax for a hot Yeah, minute.
0: exactly. <laughs> Hang on. Your time will come. I promise. Exactly. So how have you been? What's going on in the world of Mercedes Martinez?
1: You know, after I got released, it's just really hitting the independent scene, literally full force. It's almost like I never left. I haven't stopped since my 30 day no compete clause ended. And it was just hit running and I haven't stopped. I literally this is probably my only weekend free until the holidays. And then I'm back running again. This is my full time job. Um, you know, I'm just trying to balance, uh, the difference of just staying home and dealing with the PC, you know, when I was signed compared to, you know, back to the independent life and figuring out where my life goes from here. And it's just, it's, it's not that it's a struggle. It's just a balance trying to figure it all out again. And I'm just giving myself time, taking it week by week. Do you find it hard?
0: And this is something that I've found for myself, at least like with my time in WWE, they tell you where you need to be, what you have to do. It all shows up on an app. It's easy to follow. And now that I'm in control of my own schedule, I'm the worst fucking boss I've ever had.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to like
0: get my own scheduling right. I'm trying not to double book myself. I'm like, oh my God, I need help with that. How are you with that?
1: I've always been very good with it before I got signed with uh, WWE, I was working the two jobs and wrestling. So I was, I'm very organized, very pinpoint. I have a calendar. I know where things have to go. I know where things have to be. I know where I need to be. So I'm very organized and very in a routine in that aspect. Um, it just, now it's just wrestling and that's all I have to rely on right now. And it's just, it's about going back to that real life mentality of, should I get a real life job uh, again? But, I, and then I will, I think uh, in this point in my life, I have to think of stability. I have to think of the 401k, the health insurance, all that stuff that comes with it. And not that I didn't have it when I was employed with WWE. It's just a different mentality now. It's all right, let me just go back to what I've always been doing and just, you know, hustling and grinding like I've always had. So nothing really changes. It's just the pandemic kind of killed a lot of things and you kind of just stay home. And now it's just like, all right, not to move again.
0: When do you think you're going to pull the trigger on that if you're going to go back to, uh, to working
1: another job? Uh, when independent wrestling does not pay my bills anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, right now. Right now it's paying my bills. And, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm very meticulous and I'm very cruel with my money. My money is saved. It's always been saved. I have my 401. I have my pension for my job before I left it for WWE. So I'm already set in life when it comes to that I just don't like being bored I think that's what it comes down to it's just being bored in my house waiting to do stuff I work out and then it's just being home so it's just I I want to do something like I just I hate being home (laughs) what was the job that you were doing before WWE so I worked two jobs I worked as a manager at a Walmart an overnight manager and then I worked as customer support sales floor at a Home Depot and then I go from one job you know working 12 hours to another job working five to six hours and then on the weekends, it was just travel, travel, travel and come back home and ride right back to work again. It was just it was just a routine that I was used to. And then, you know, when you get signed, it's just like everything stops and you get the, like you said, you get that app and they tell you everything that goes. And you're like, oh, OK, this is where I got to be. All right. I have four days off. OK. <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it's a change again. Now I have to think back. Got to hustle and grind again and get back to that mode. And that's all it is right now. It's just an adjustment.
0: Did you miss having that sort of grind again when you were with WWE? Was it weird to adjust to having
1: everything so laid out for you? It wasn't that it was hard to adjust. I do miss it. I do miss the hustle and grind and the go, 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 go. Because I've always been like that. I think when I got signed with WWE, it was hustle and go for the first two months. And then the pandemic hit and everything just got, it was forced to stop. So it wasn't like anybody expected it. You know, I was forced to stop. I was forced to just not go, go, go. And then your mind changes. And it's, it's mindfuck. It really is. It, it really just messed with my mind to just be home and do nothing when you just got signed. They gave us the option for me, especially, do you want to opt out or do you want to keep working? And I just opted out. I was like, you know what? I've never stopped before ever. And, you know, 15 plus years, I've never just stopped. Let me just take this time to stop. And I was going through a lot of stuff personally. So I was like, well, this is my time to deal with everything and anything that's in the world and come back to WWE when I'm ready.
0: It's weird. I find like hitting that pause button, because like you said, I mean, you know, even with my time in WWE, which was like, you know, over eight years, but you're used to being on the road every week. You're different flights. You're in different towns. You've got all these places to be that to hit that pause button and like just figure out what it is that you want and what you want to do it like that shit like shakes you to the core a little bit of like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my time? I mean, that's when I came to the conclusion that I just didn't want to do, you know, work at WWE anymore was essentially during that time. And so, I mean, obviously there was other factors involved in that, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just having everything slowed down because it's, it's hard to get off that ride. And I think it's the same and, you know, will would be the same, obviously for independent wrestling. It's like on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, there's no perfect time to really slow down. It's yeah. It shakes you for sure.
1: It definitely does. I think throughout my whole career, if I needed time, I just took the time. Um, I always put my mental and my health first before anything. So if I needed a mental break, from independent wrestling and the two jobs and just hustle and go, I will take it. I'd be like just no bookings for a month or two and then I'll hit it back running. Cause you need that time. You also have to think of your personal life. Like you have to put that first too. you. Have, there's a balance. So I've always said that wrestling will always be here. It's not going to go anywhere, but your health and your safety mental and physically you have to take care of that to continue to wrestle. So I've always, always just took the time off if I needed it, whether, you know, the bookings didn't matter. Cause I had a real job. It was just a matter of just balance. And, you know, I, I was married at the time so I had to put my marriage as well on top of things you know I had my my child so I had to make sure that he was taken care of so it it is a really big balance and and just people don't realize that wrestling's always going to be here you got to find that balance and if you can't find that balance that's where people kind of fuck up and just like wow what am I going to do they rely so much on wrestling but wrestling is not the end of it all it really isn't if this is your passion just Find that balance that you can take the time off that you need and then just hit it running when you come back, when you are ready, when you can put 150% in it, then, you know, it's time to go. But when you can't just stop for a hot minute, relax, take care of your life and then go back at it. And people just need to find that balance.
0: How was it for you dipping your toes back in the independent circuit? Uh, The world is now blasted wide open. There's a million places to be so many different shows. How was that for you to resubmerge yourself into that? I felt nervous, to be honest. Really? Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Because it was almost like, will people book me? Will people want me? It's, it's. I know I'm coming off this big high and this big hype. Um, are people going to pay me? Are they gonna be like? Now nah, we can't pay you. Like, it's. It was a whole big mindfuck, I was like, all right. And then when the bookings came in, people kept asking. I'm like, all right, let me just go, go, go. It is a total trip. With WWE, I didn't have a chance to be with all the, the crowds except for the beginning. Pandemic hit and then you're just working with no crowd. So it I was in that mode. And then the moment that like I got into the independent scene, my first show was a sold-out crowd of over five hundred people. And then it just escalated from there. And I was just like, Man, this is what I miss. I miss the interaction. I miss the butterflies. I miss the, you know, the nervousness when you get out through the curtain. I really missed the locker room the most. That's what I miss. Not to say that WWE didn't give me colleagues. It's just different when you hustle for, you know, 20 years and you made all this friendships and stuff and those people are not with you on your ride. They're still behind you. You kind of go back to them like, hey, I'm still here with y'all. I don't think I would ever go back to a big company like that. I just, I wouldn't. I think just the independence is where I belong. And I think if any company is going to have me, I still want to be able to have the freedom to go back to my humble beginnings because that's where you start. The humble beginnings is what I it breaks
0: you and and I live for it. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, I've seen my husband do the same thing, where it's like he likes to get in and do that nitty gritty stuff that he, you know, you can't do on some of those bigger stages. And uh, and that's the thing that kind of scratches the itch for him. So, I mean, I get it from from seeing him go through a bunch of that. What was your experience at WWE from being signed there to being a part of NXT? I mean, we'll go through the whole run of things, but but just like the initial deal of you going in there and signing a contract after uh, doing Mae Young?
1: I felt like I was a rookie. (laughs) I really did. Considering I've been in this business 20 years, but to be in a locker room and be actually contracted, it was a whole new thing. It was from the Mae Young. I knew how the inner workings worked. I mean, I've been an extra and I've been with WWE on and off, not with a contract, just constantly with them throughout my career. But this was different. This was me going to work. And it was like, where do I go? Where do I put my stuff? It felt like I just didn't know what I was. It literally felt like I was walking in my first day of school. Like, okay, what do I do here? <laughs> and that's what it felt like. It was like, I didn't have a locker. Yeah, I'm like, so where do I put my stuff, guys?
0: What a weird feeling that is. I remember that being, yeah, you're just like, what do I do? Where do I go? I always give credit to... Uh, to Vicki Guerrero, she was the first person where I was like, Am I allowed to go to the locker room? She's like, You can bring your stuff in here. I have no idea where I was going or what I was doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. It was like, All right, I've been here before, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not an extra talent this time. This time, this is this is where I belong. So, what do I do now? Do I still? I, I just, it was my, it was just crazy. I was like, Okay, totally, Mike Dums, hey, can I put this here? And it was just like, Yeah, yeah, you can do that. There. That's where your stuff belongs. Okay, cool things. Now, what do I do? What time does everything? It literally felt Felt like I was going back to school for like the first
0: day what was some of the stuff that you felt like you had to adjust to or ask for advice on was it more of like the the tv side of things and like or just like how nxt operates what were the things that you found to be hard to adjust to
1: more of the training schedule the tv stuff I was used to because I was used to doing tv um it wasn't new for me the cameras and all that that, that was easy to do it was more or less the training schedules getting up at seven o'clock in the morning to bump in the ring was crazy but your day is done by like 11 o'clock with the gym and the training. And I'm just like, man. And then you have this whole day free. Um, so that was a mind trip on itself because I'm not used to that. Going in, it was something different for me. I didn't have to train every day. And what people don't realize is that, yeah, I've been in the business 20 years, but I wanted to. I wanted to be there. I wanted to train. I wanted to have the whole NXT experience of the PC. Um, Not that it was required of me, because it wasn't. Um, They knew that I can bump. They knew that I can train. They knew that I was going to do my own gym stuff. It was more or less, I wanted to come. And I wanted to be here. So put me in a group, put me in the training. Like, where do I go? Where do I go? So it was me always constantly calling coach and saying, hey, uh, can I come to your gym class today? Because I'm bored. I need to, I need to train. He'd be like, yeah, just show up. I'm like, okay. So it, it was literally just like that. It was just kind of, if I wanted to be there, I would show up. I tried to make myself accessible and make myself feel the experience that everybody else is feeling, So I can kind of understand where they were coming from. I didn't want to feel like a superstar, let's put it that way. I really didn't want to come in and say, hey, I'm the veteran, but I'm the veteran in the Indies, but this is your house. Let me come and learn your style. Let me come and learn your ways so I can be acclimated to you guys. I'm very humble, very low key. Let me just be with you guys and build those relationships with everybody and learn your stuff and just take it all in. That's all I really wanted. And that's what I did at first.
0: Well, I feel like that must have been something that would have. Gone pretty far with, um, you know, all the higher ups within WWE. Seeing you put in that work when you didn't have to do that, do you feel that that was uh, recognized in that way?
1: I hope so. Um, I, I didn't move to Orlando when I got signed initially. I was still over in Clearwater slash Largo area, so I was just showing up for TV only. Just because of you know my my personal like I said I was married I had the child he was in school and my priorities were him so I was just showing up just for TV days um, so if I could make it to the training centers then I would but I also they also understood that I had a life that I can't just uproot like that um, you know there's a lot of factors in but when you know when that pandemic hit it was almost like let me just move my marriage was falling apart it's a known fact that I was going through a divorce so that was my chance to say let me pick up and let me just go to Orlando and put. All my efforts into that. So during the pandemic, it was, I just moved to Orlando in the beginning of the pandemic, literally, maybe three weeks in, everything gets shut down. And now I'm in a new city with nothing around, no child, no nothing. I was just like, all right, well, here we go. What did that do to you
0: mentally to be going through that, to not be with your kid all the time, to be going through a divorce for in a
1: pandemic? Like, talk about your world flipped upside down. It went from getting signed in January. Go, 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 living in Clearwater. And then all of a sudden, pandemic hit. I just moved to Orlando. And going through a divorce, my grandmother passed away. Everything just happened. When I say everything happened, it happened. In November of 2019, I was overseas, came back home. And it was like, all right, I just got signed. No one knows yet. And my marriage fell apart around that time. Then my grandmother passed away right after Christmas. And I had to go fly home to Connecticut deal with that. And literally when I flew home, dealt with that, came back, I had to report to the PC. And I wasn't even living in Orlando yet. I was still living over in Clearwater area. By the time I got my apartment, it was like February of 2020, been only with WWE for a month. My marriage fell apart. Didn't know when I was going to see my child. I was like, all right. And then pandemic hit in March. And it was just, everything just stopped. Mentally, I was fucked. It was, what do I do? So I, when I say the pandemic is a curse and a blessing, it was a curse for my career at that time, but it was a blessing because now I can deal with everything personally. I can deal with my emotions. I can deal with my breakup and and the divorce and hopefully seeing my child through all this because he's immunocompromised. So we didn't know what was going on with all this. So I opted out because I'm immunocompromised. I'm vaccinated now, but I didn't know what, you know, COVID can do to me. I'm asthmatic. I need an inhaler and as well as a nebulizer if I can't breathe. So I'm, I, I'm on machine, And my son is the same way. He has to be on machines if need be for his breathing. So I opted for about seven months. And for that seven months, it was just being home and just trying to figure out what to do uh, with everything. Trying to finish the divorce, trying to see my child, trying to figure out what WWE trying to get training done because you couldn't train anywhere. I was a mess. <laughs> I was physically and mentally a mess until i figured out that i have to get my shit together because i can't hide anymore six seven months is enough wwe is calling me hey when do you think you can come back and i'm like i don't know like i'm going through a lot of shit right now like it's a blessing it's a curse if you look at it this way they want you to be on tv but if you're not mentally ready for tv you can't give them your all and i was like i'm just not ready mentally physically maybe maybe i'm physically ready but When you're mentally fucked and your whole world just fell apart, you don't know what to do. You don't know if you can perform at the level they want you to perform. And that's what I felt coming back. Uh, When I did come back, I felt like I wasn't ready. But I knew that for me to keep my job and to keep my spot, I had to go. And I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready when I came back uh, probably, what, September, October maybe? I was just not ready. I was just going through the motions and doing what I had to do. And they understood that. But I think negatively it affected my career in that aspect. And so I can get my shit together. I'm like, all right, now I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Um, but it, it was, it was a mindfuck. It really was.
0: So was it going through all of those things that you've just listed off? Is that what kind of happened with you saying that you did not want to be
1: doing um, retribution anymore? So retribution was one of those opportunities, right? You, you want to get to the main monster. That was the thing. I was in the middle of a storyline with Rhea Ripley at that time, and they called me to Raw just to be extra. I was like, all right, so not only am I doing Raw and SmackDown, but I'm also doing NXT in a whole week. And that was just so much. I was like, all right, boom, 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 boom. And then they're like, well, now we want you part of this retribution. Me, in my head, I'm like, okay, I just finished my storyline with Rhea in our steel cage match. This is my opportunity. However, personally, I needed to know what this group was going to do. What is this group? What is the mentality of this group? Is this something personally that I can get behind? Um, no one knew anything about this group. Mind you, everything was going on in the world with, you know, the riots. So is this group part of that? Because I don't condone it. I don't want to be a, something that may be mirror something outside of, of real life, right? So they didn't know what, what was going on. So I was like, all right, so just keep us hidden. That's what they did with the hoods and everything. I was like, all right, cool. The moment that we unveiled ourselves, it was one of those things where I was like, I I just can't, I can't do this. I cannot mentally go through this group, knowing that my whole career was based on me and doing things my way. It's okay to be part of a group, but it wasn't okay when there was no communication to talk to me about the group. It wasn't okay to let me know that you were going to change my name the day of without a contract. I was still on an NXT contract. And I'm not stupid. I'm I'm a grown ass woman. Talk to me. Don't tell me the day of the show that you're going to change my name. We didn't agree on that. We don't agree on anything. And, you know, if you want to do something, that's fine. But don't expect me to take it down lightly. I'm one of those people that if you talk to me, we can talk. I'm on an NXT contract. Here we are in Raw. I'm not part of Raw yet. Let's talk. Let's figure out what's going on. The moment that happened, I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to be a part of this group. There's no communication. I want to be known as Mercedes Martinez. That is what I built my legacy on. That is what I built my brand on. I don't want to be known as another name in WWE because my point to get here was based on me. You took me as me. You took me as Mercedes Martinez, not as another person. You can change me all you want, but I don't have a long shelf life. I'm 40 years old. There's no way that you're going to try to change a character and expect me to go five, 10 years. I mean, I probably can, but I had to think realistically. 20 years as Mercedes, there's just no way that I can go as another name, another character, anything. I can try.
0: And like not a very good name. Let's just also (laughs) put that out there. (laughs) I mean, retaliation. I think people were kind of questioning all of the names that were going on with Retribution. Like, wait, what? But also weird, like, I think, I think specifically for you and Mia, like two women who have made their name on the independent circuit, and then to lose that value by slapping on these kind of, you know, gimmicky names and whatnot, just was a bit of a head scratcher.
1: Yeah, it was just just talk to us, you know, I, I, I believe in communication. And I think maybe they had a lot of things going on. I'm not sure maybe they didn't want us, maybe they did. I was like, Okay, I could be a part of this. But I need to know communication. Like I'm still, when are we going to talk about my contract? When are we going to talk about what's going into this raw contract? When are we going to talk about this name change? When are we going to talk about gear and clothes? Character. I had no clue what this character was going to be like. We're just dressed in black and we're just walking out there. What am I? Am I still going to be Mercedes character with a different name? Am I wearing a mask? I can't breathe in this mask. I can't work in a mask. I can't do this. Okay, you want to put me in a mask? Here, I got a face mask for my entrance. Use mine. It was the communication factor that threw me off. And, and not to say that people can't do it, just me personally. How
0: do you think the suggestions and you not wanting to be a part of retribution was received to, I, I don't know who, was it like through Hunter that you had those conversations or Bruce Pritchard? Who are you having those conversations with?
1: Bruce Pritchard was the one who told me that my name was changing right before we got on Veal. And I was just like, oh no, we can't do this. I spoke to Carano. Um, I spoke to Devon. I eventually called Matt Bloom and just said this is what i'm feeling i'm not feeling this group i don't want to be a part of this group i don't think it's right for me and my career i just think that it's best suited for someone who has a long shelf life or someone new who can build their career here um who has the shelf life if this doesn't work what are you going to do with me i would rather just keep building on my mercedes name if that's okay i would rather just stay in nxt it's not about the money because it never is for me it's really about just me and my legacy and what I've done for 20 years. And they all agreed. I was just like, you know, I'm good. Thank you for the opportunity. And when there's another opportunity for me to be Mercedes, hit me up. I'm still going to be here. And that's how we took it. So they took me two months off and they're like, yep, we agree. Everybody was on board. They talked to Vince from what I understand. He understood where I was coming from and they put me back on NXT. And it took about two months to kind of let everything clear I'll let everything try to figure out storylines. And then I was back on NXT and I hit it running from there. It was just like a reset, I guess you can
0: say. I always find it so interesting, like how the creative stuff like that comes about. I mean, obviously being around it and hearing where certain things come and go, but I feel like the retribution stuff was happening as I was on my way out. So uh, I didn't get to uh, be around too much of that stuff when it was happening. Were there ever conversations about you being a coach at NXT? I feel like I heard that kind of floated around before you came in as a talent.
1: It was. It came around more than once. Um, I did before I actually got signed. uh, It was after the May Young Classic. I actually guest coached at the PC for a week. Um, I believe Serena Deeb, who was a coach at that time, I guess she was on vacation. So they brought me in as a guest coach. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to be here for a week. And all I did was just kind of run the drills that I would do with my students or, you know, people that I was helping at another school. So I just ran through the drills and all that. They were very happy for the week that I was there. We tried to get me back another week. However, I was doing a lot of overseas tours. And when I say overseas, it was back to back. It was England, Canada, Australia, and it just kept going back to back. So I never got back to do my second week there. When I did get signed talking to Triple H, we always talked about that maybe when my contract ended or when it was nearing the end of the contract, that maybe we can transition to coaching or health coaching or aging or something like that. So there was always something there. And I've always helped the girls. I've helped the girls, you know, in open ring. And, and, you know, I give them different things and and the way I would see things. But it didn't work out like that for right now. I'm not going to say that I won't be back. I just think if I ever go back to WWE, it won't be as a talent. It's going to be helping the new generation which is what I hope to do anyways in the long
0: run. With big fights every week, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot and join the action on FanDuel Fight Nights. Because right now, you can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. You're going to get up to 1000 bucks back if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from. There's parlays, round props, method of victory bets, and so much more. FanDuel is the number one rated sportsbook app in America. It's incredibly easy to use. It's such a no-brainer. Plus it's safe and secure and real quick, fast payouts. You get that money right back in your pocket ASAP. One of my favorite features. You got to stay rich, you know, keep that money in your bank account. This app is so easy to use that when you win, you actually get paid in as little as two hours. So, with FanDuel in your corner, you'll always get exclusive odds boosts, great promotions, and so much more to make your FanDuel fight night even more exciting. That is why they are America's number one sports book. So, sign up with the promo code Renee to bet risk free up to $1,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. That is promo code Rene, Renee, R E N E E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Or text next step to 53342 for Arizona, 1 800 gambler, or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1 888 789 7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1 800 270 71117 for confidential help in Michigan. TN Redline 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. You and Serena Deeb, when do we get to see more of you and Serena Deeb? Are we going to get you over in uh,
1: AEW some more? How do you feel about that? Listen, when AEW calls me, all they got to do is give me the date. That's all. That's all. I'm a free agent. I am contracted to nobody. I am a person who just wants to wrestle anybody and everybody. doesn't matter where I'm at. Just give me everybody. Um, you know, I still, I, I still can go. And I think me and Serena, we need a match. We've are two pioneers in this business. And I think that we can, we have great chemistry. Every time that we work together, we've always had great chemistry. And you know, when AEW wants to bring me in for her, I'm down for it.
0: You've mentioned it a few times during this interview, but um, you keep saying the shelf life. What do you think is this shelf life for women in professional
1: wrestling? The shelf life that everybody wants to put on females is horrible. I think when you can go, you can go. I think when it's time to stop, you would know when it's time to stop. I think for me personally, uh, I'm in the best shape of my career. I feel great. I think I felt better now than I had when I first started. When I'm ready to stop, I will let the world know. I'm not one of those people that are going to keep going just because. No, when I'm ready to stop, I'm going to stop. And when I stop, I'm done. You're not going to see Mercedes, and let's like, see a piece. I'm out of here. Uh, but I think that. In professional wrestling, there's this shelf life that everyone puts on females, and it has to do with their age. You know, I'm 41 years old. I can still go probably better than most 20-year-olds right now. I still train in the ring as if I was, you know, brand new to this business. I still go to the gym. I still eat healthy. I still take care of my body so I can keep going. But my age shall have nothing to do with it. The way I look should have nothing to do with it. I believe that wrestling... There's, there's a niche for everything out there in wrestling. There really is. There's a niche for, you know, the pretty model girls. There's a niche for the bodybuilders, the fitness girls. There's a niche for those females who are big bone and, and just, you know, are, are monsters like Anaya Jackson and a Dewdrop. Like, there's a niche for everybody. If you can wrestle, then you can wrestle. You know, you have your own character. If they want to give you a character, fine. Let them give you a character. But if you can wrestle, you can wrestle. You are the only one who should be able to say, I'm stopping. But for someone to tell me that I'm going to lose a contract or I can't get a contract because I'm not under 30 years old, there's a problem with that. I can go better than most 30 years old, and that's facts. It's not right. I believe it's not right. And, you know, you got the males who come in at 50 years old, and they get that spotlight like they never left. But here I am at 40, 41 years old, and you're not going to give me a spotlight because I'm 49. It doesn't, it, that's not right
0: when do you feel like you really hit your stride?
1: Oh, I think I've hit my stride a couple of times.
0: <laughs> I bet. No, I'm sure. I mean, I, I feel, I mean, I think anyone, uh, you know, the gender aside, I feel like you know, everyone kind of goes through these ebbs and flows. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I think being in my mid thirties where I'm like, okay, so many things are starting to connect and I look at things differently. So, I mean, yeah, me at 25 versus me at 36 now it's like yeah you're I'm a different more well-rounded person but I mean it comes the same it's just in television in general and people want to put an age on you and put a shelf life on you it can be stressful I know I felt the stresses of that before being like oh my god even now like having a baby I'm like are people not going to want to hire me anymore like there's all of these things that you think about and it's fucked up
1: it is fucked up I think uh hitting your stride comes in different moments of your career You know, I started wrestling when I was 19, hitting 20. Um, I didn't, I, that was my first stride. And then it stopped at like 2004, 2005. I took a dip in my career. You know, I had personal issues. My father died at that time and I had surgery. So there was a lot of things going on. Then I came back and hit my stride when I came back for about two, three years. And then it dipped again. So your career always does this. Um, You just got to know that when you're at the low point of your career, that's when the time, the best time is when you're not getting those bookings is to reinvent yourself, take care of your injuries and they come back as if you never left. And that's all I kept doing. The biggest stride I've hit was probably back in 2017 was when I hit my biggest stride in my career where it was just anything that I did was on the money. It was, I came back, I took a hiatus for about two years, um, a personal hiatus um, for my mental and I had surgery that no one knew about. And it was just like, i came back and i hit it running and from there it hasn't stopped and as a female it is 10 times harder for us to get into this business it is 10 times harder for us to uh literally stay positive and say fuck you to everybody who's out there because that locker rooms and independent locker rooms when i was in back in my 20s was fucked up (laughs) i ain't gonna lie it was some bullshit that you had to go through and i don't want any females to go through that anything and i'm coming from being a female being hispanic Coming from the ghetto and being gay. I had so many things against me. It was ridiculous. But for people to tell me now that I can't keep wrestling because of all that, nah, we ain't having that. I'm going to put you on your place now. Back then, maybe not because being professional, but not anymore. I'm going to speak my piece. I'll say it professionally, but if you want to go gangster, I go gangster. (laughs) Stop putting
0: limits on us. It's so annoying. Um, but on on a positive note, I mean 20 years in professional wrestling, congratulations. that's like that's fucking huge. I mean, like you said from starting out, um, you know in the independent circuit to what those locker rooms were like, what, I'm sure it was like, you know being booked on those shows, et cetera, et cetera, to where things are now. What else do you think needs to be done in wrestling to make it uh, a better, more functioning
1: place? It's hard to look at that coming back to the independence. You know, I'm coming, you know, leaving the independence and then being with WWE for about a year and a half and then going back to the independence. Um, I can say not a lot of things has changed, maybe because we're just coming out of the pandemic and, and stuff. But I think the one thing that needs to change in big time is just the camaraderie. Like the locker rooms have to be, supportive of each other. And I think that's one thing that uh, people need to realize is that when you build somebody up, they're going to take you with you. If you're supporting them, they will take you with you. They will literally grab you by the hand and say, Hey, I did this with you. I'm going to make you come up with me. When I got signed, I made sure those who were, you know, behind me, I would bring them with me if I could. And, and, and even if I didn't have the top spotlight, I will make sure that any match I did, I would showcase whoever was I was in the ring with. My job is to build talents. My job is to make sure that if I can't get there, whoever I'm wrestling, whoever I can help to get there will get there. And that's what it is. It's the support system on the independence. And that's what we like everywhere is some people just they want to rise to the top. They want to step on your back. They want to stab you in the back. They want to be your friend in front of your face, but they want to talk shit behind your back. And we don't need that. Everyone's here to try to make money. Everyone's here to try to make fame. It doesn't matter where you come from. Some work 10 times harder than others. Some are literally spoon-fed this business. Let us get a piece of that. Like, let us, we work hard. Just bring us up. To give us the opportunity is all everyone asks for, right? So it, it's, it's really being brothers and sisters in that locker room. Everyone, yeah, you want to be, get there, but you can't get there by yourself. You have to have one good match with someone. And that person has to put you over for you to get your spot. Don't forget that. Because the moment that you get an ego and you be this bitch about it, the person who you dog down is going to come right after you and going to knock you on your ass. Then you're not going to have that spot no more. You have to be humble the whole way through from the bottom to the top. And people don't think like that. They just, they get to that top position and they forget all those that helped them get there. You wouldn't be there if it wasn't for someone like me, let's just say. You know, if, if you're the champion now, well, I just gave you a fucking hell of a match to make you look like a fucking superstar. Give me credit where credit is due. Don't dog me. And just remember that I'm trying to get to your spot. Help me out as well.
0: Who are some other stars that you have an eye on right now that that you've come across uh, in the independent scene? Or even people at NXT that maybe not, that didn't get their time to shine?
1: Oh man, you know, I, I've been putting over, uh, you know, coming back into the independent scene. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of girls, a lot of freaking talent, man, that I just want to wrestle. Like Rachel Ellering, who never had her time to shine in NXT. For whatever reason, they just never gave her the ball. She's an amazing talent. The first time I wrestled her, it was phenomenal on, on, on TV for Impact. And that's someone who's underrated, who just doesn't get the credit she deserves. You know, there's, uh, there's Roxy, who's, you know, ROH Women's Champion, who's, you know, what, she's 20-something years old. I met her when she was just, you know, 18, I think. You have someone like uh, Maxda and Paula, who's got this great character gimmick of like Mad Matt style. Who's a monster and a beast, and it's just like, man, if only people can just see her potential, but they look beside that. You know, everyone looks at talent with their looks and stuff but what you have to look is you have to look at the character development you have to look at someone who's trying to be different willow nightingale is another one lady frost who has this gimmick you know and and she's another one who's up there in age but age doesn't define her at all she's athletic and you do backflips who i would love to wrestle kylie king thunder rosa uh there's just so many people out there that just haven't had the opportunity that are getting the opportunities now And, you know, and it's based on their athletic ability and maybe their characters. I don't know. I just want to be able to wrestle anybody and everybody who's coming up. And if I can help you, then I'm going to help you. If you want to get your stride, I got you. I got your back because I'm going to put my, you know, my body on the line to make sure you're up there. There's a Masha Slamovich you know, who's a hard-hitting, no-nonsense type of investor who can go, Uh, you know. She's another one that there's just so many out there. It's hard to pick and choose who you want, but man, the independence is rocking right now. And, you know, not to say that AEW or Impact or, you know, NXT doesn't have them. Yeah, they got good girls, but man, look at the independence. We're hungry. The independence seems... There is hungry people out there who are looking just for one opportunity. They just need one. And if you give them that one opportunity, I promise you that they will shine because that's all they need. You know, they're not spoon fed this business. They're literally working their asses off, working jobs and still grinding to get there. But man, if, if, if I had a promotion, I would just sign everybody like, come here come here, come to Mama mama Mercedes, come on, we're just gonna make you shine. It's so cool how
0: diverse, I mean, even the names that you just rattled off, it's like it's such a diverse, giant group of women that are kicking ass, you know, like you said, it's like when you first came in the business, you felt like you didn't belong, or you weren't that prototypical, you know, what was a WWE diva at the time, I think that that idea in women's professional wrestling is kind of obsolete at this point.
1: Oh, it definitely is. I think that everyone has to be themselves. Essentially, your character is you being turned up 10, not like 100 notches. You know what I mean? So whatever character you are doing in the independent scene is really a form of you or something that you like. Max the Impala, you know, she's a sweetheart. But man, when she's in the ring, she's like, she's gonna bite your head off from Mad Max. But it's the truth, you know, Roxy is this little cute little girl who's, you know, she really is that nice. (laughs) She really is this little rookie. Um, You know, just if you look at everyone out there, you know, male and females, it's just like their characters and their talent is what they're doing. No one's telling them to do this. It's really them. And then when they get signed, sometimes there's a cap on them like, well, We don't want you to be this anymore. We're just going to take this away from you. Well, why? It worked.
0: But but it it fucks with your confidence, I find. Like it really, if that's the thing that you've been building for this long, all of a sudden you're like, wait, I'm not that anymore. Who am I? What am I
1: doing? Like that can really mess with you. Oh my God. Yeah, I think, it, it, you know what, I think it's just, uh, you know, you have to find that niche to see what works for you. Sometimes if you just got signed when you're like a year or two in the business, you don't have a brand yet, right? You don't have a legacy yet. You just, you know, they, they, they grabbed you because they see potential. So they're going to mold you into what they want. That's where it comes in. But it's hard to mold someone who's been in the business 10 years and be like, well, we're going to change everything that you know, that you've built your legacy on. But you're you're signing me has this. You know what I'm all about. Why are you going to change me to something else? And some people are okay with that. Some people, and I'm not going to knock it down. Hey, if you want to be what they tell you to be to keep your contract, go right ahead, mama. Do what's best for you. No one's going to tell you what's wrong. Um, I'm not going to say WWE is for everyone because it's not. WWE and NXT is not for everyone. If you think it's good for you, go try it out, test it out, see if it's something for you. It may not be for you. There's other companies out there. There's Impact now. There's MLW, AEW. There's Overseas. Like there are so many more places for you. to. there's WWE is not the end of it all. You can go there and maybe you've been there six months and then they let you go, which I've seen already. You're there six months. and didn't even make a mark. And then they let you go. Now, what do you do? Well, you know what? There's other companies that are invested in you and they're going to have you do you. I think people just wrestlers in general just have to really just look at themselves and be like, all right, be real about yourself and what you want. If you want to go to WWE, go right ahead, work your ass off to get there. It may be for you. It may not be AEW may be for you. It just depends on what you want out of your career and which direction you want to go.
0: Well, listen, I've got two other questions for you and they have nothing to do with wrestling. I know you're a huge Marvel fan, a huge Batman fan, how do you think Robert Pattinson is going to do as Batman? What do you think of the trailers we have seen so far? Where do you
1: stand? Uh, you know what? I Any Batman movie, and I'm not a big Marvel, I'm a DC fan. Because oh, of DC, my Yeah, yeah, we're just, you know, we're, we're just going to cut this conversation short now. <laughs> uh, my son was a Marvel fan, but I'm DC. Um <laughs> okay. No, I think uh, any Batman movie that I've seen, I have to go in it with an open mind because there's different versions of Batman. If you're a comic books nerd like I am, you can see the evolution of Batman in the different characters and the different uh, sides of Batman. An actor has to play either Batman or Bruce Wayne. So like when I watched Ben Affleck play Batman, he was a really good Batman, but he sucked as Bruce Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in my opinion, but, you know, you can't have both. So I think going into this new Batman, the trailers are great. I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I'm Not sure about the actor because I'm not a big fan of him. But I think with the trailers, I think he's going to do a good job. Only because I know where they're coming from with this uh, when it comes to the comic book sense of the character. Um, if you're looking at the comic book sense and you will understand the movies and people forget, you got to look at the comic books, you got to read the comic books, because if you don't, everyone's gonna always go back to that first Batman or Michael Keaton like this is the way he should be.
0: I'm very excited to see um, Zoe Kravitz as a Batwoman too. Or wait, Cat Catwoman. Duh. Wow. Am I ever botching the comic book world right Get now? you fired. <laughs> you're done (laughs) okay my last question that has nothing to do with wrestling either but holidays are just around the corner do you have a great coquito recipe no I don't I just buy them (laughs) as I was like preparing for this interview I was like I wonder if she makes coquito I, I want a good coquito recipe
1: I'm like one of four kids well technically five but out of all those kids I'm the one that doesn't cook Whatsoever. I have been an athlete all my life. I've been traveling all my life. Uh, I've never I can I can clean a house like there's no tomorrow. I'm OCD about that. But when it comes to cooking, I just, I can't save my, I can't make coquito. I just have to buy it from my Spanish friends. Like, hey, you making coquito for the holidays? All right, well, save me like five bottles, please. Um, and they all make them differently. I just, I don't know what they put in them. I really don't. I know there's eggs and I know there's some rum and some cinnamon and that's about as far as I get
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I really would love to nail a recipe for it as well. John has told me all about it. I don't think i actually even had true coquito so maybe this year i'm gonna i'm gonna look up some recipes and see what i can come up with
1: now you gotta find a hispanic friend a latin a puerto rican friend and be like here you know what? my canadian ass will fuck it up for sure <laughs> no there's it's, it's something about the rum everyone makes it different it's literally like cinnamon sticks or just cinnamon and some people make it with eggs and some people don't some people put a lot of rum in and some people don't um just every hispanic makes it differently puerto ricans make it different in It's the raw eggs that kind of stress me
0: out. So I need to figure out how that is done so that I don't make myself and my family sick. Maybe you don't even have to put any in there. Maybe. I mean, I feel like authentic-wise, you should. I mean, I'm a huge eggnog fan. I also have never made eggnog. I just buy it. Uh, But that's obviously easier to come by in a grocery store than Coquito. But I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'm on it. I got this.
1: <laughs> Good. Someone <I> somewhat is.
0: <laughs> I'll try my best. All right, Mercedes, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it and looking forward to seeing you pop up in uh, every promotion, wherever you uh, want to wrestle, whoever it's, it's wide open right now.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm pretty much opened up uh, on this interview a little bit more than usual. It is what it is. It was a chill, chill, laid back conversation, right? That's all it felt like. So I'm just glad to be back on the independence. I'm just glad to be wrestling and still just doing what I'm doing. You know, love what I'm doing. That's all that matters. But thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Happy 20 years. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. big thank you to mercedes for joining me on this episode of oral sessions always love to pick this woman's brain uh like i said 20 years in this business she has seen a lot of things done a lot of things and uh, definitely a great mind to be able to pick at a little bit so thank you for taking the time to sit down and give me an hour out of your day i know there's lots going on for everybody right now i mean you add in just being a busy woman on top of it being the holiday season there is plenty going on, so much appreciated. All right, guys, you know what to do. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. Check out The Volume Sports, both on Instagram and Twitter as well. Plenty of other sports content to follow and to listen to um, over on The Volume. And until next time.